Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. So today we're, we're going to jump further into Mark. We're going to be in Mark chapter 8. We're talking about the simple gospel. We're talking about uh, understanding how and why to follow Jesus and, and how and why we might lead others to know Jesus. A simple gospel, a simple good news that is for everybody. Now, we, today I want to wrestle with the question, why? Why would we follow Jesus? Why would we do this? And and in the end, I need you to understand, I'm going to kind of answer the question before we even get started. Following Jesus, being a, a believer of, a believer in, a follower of Jesus is all about relationship. It's one of the things that's different about Christianity than other religions. Other religions are a matter of following rules or a matter, matter of, uh, of following thought patterns or philosophies. There's all of that going in there. There's there's ritual, there's creed. We, we have all of that in Christianity. But in Christianity, it is based at its center on a relationship with Jesus. I, I, when we come into relationship with God, it's just like coming into any other relationship. You, you, you begin to ask yourself, why? Why am I in this relationship? And just like the answers to personal human relationships need to be answered, the, the answers to why I would be in relationship with Jesus need to be wrestled with. So I want to wrestle with those in chapter 8. Matthew, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 8 and verse 1. It says in Mark chapter 8 verse 1, it says, During those days another large crowd gathered. Now, one of the things you don't want to do in any relationship is you do not want to follow somebody just because they're popular. I, now, I, I know I know when we're younger, when we're in high school, when you're in junior high school, I remember those days, barely, but barely, but I remember them. But, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of want to hang out with popular, popular kids, right? You kind of want everybody else wants to hang out with this person, so now you want to hang out with this. Look, when you get older, you begin to realize that's not a good way to choose relationships. You do not follow just for the crowds. Yes, a lot of crowds are gathered around Jesus. Why? Because he's doing a lot of miracles. He's teaching powerful things. His teaching is powerful. His, his spirit is powerful. People sense God around him. They see people raised from the dead. They see people healed. They see people fed. They see all of these things going on, and they want to be around Jesus. But you can't follow Jesus just for the crowds. You can't follow Jesus just for the miracles. You can't follow Jesus just for the benefits because listen there's a relationship that goes on here this our relationship with Jesus yes there's miracles yes there's the power of God yes there's knowing the God the creator God of heaven all of that wow that that's amazing but in the end there's also commands from him 
He has expectations of us. He calls us to live better lives. He calls us to leave some things behind. We can't follow Jesus just for the crowds. We can't do this for the crowds. We have to understand that Jesus himself, the person of Jesus, the Savior Jesus, the relationship with God is greater than the miracles we see as a result of what he's doing. Listen, the crowds follow Jesus because they want to see another miracle. Can I be a little offensive? Let me be a little offensive. The crowds follow Jesus because they want to see another magic trick. The crowds follow uh, lar- large, large churches sometimes because they want to see the next light show. The crowds follow, look, the crowds follow for all the wrong reasons. But the individual, you, me, we follow Jesus not because of the crowds. And we follow Jesus because we know he's greater than the miracles that we see him perform. Yeah, it goes on in, in starting verse verse one again. During those days, a, a, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, "I have compassion on these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they'll collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance." His disciples answered. His disciples answered, "But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them?" How, how many loaves do you have, Jesus said. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the, on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and, and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples in, in, to distribute to the people, and they did so. They also had a few small fish, and he gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present, and after he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmatia. Now listen, listen, you, can't, you don't follow Jesus because of the crowds, but you also, you've got to be careful because when we follow Jesus— when we, when we are followers of Jesus, we find that the needs around us begin to become overwhelming because you start seeing all of them. So, so, so we, can't, we can't follow Jesus because of the crowds. But on the flip side, we have to understand we cannot allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by what we can't see or what we can't provide for. Uh, when, when you finally have a relationship with Jesus and you start to see the world through Jesus' eyes, you start to see a world that has needs that are so great and so vast. You start to see needs around every corner. You start to see people that need Jesus here and there and the ways that Jesus can help this organization or that family or that group and you start it just becomes overwhelming and you look at it and you're kind of like the disciples out in this remote place saying okay we get it Jesus they're all hungry you see them all you see their needs but where am I supposed to get the resource to do anything about this I'm 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 overwhelmed by what I see and listen when that happens our relationship with Jesus begins to take a back seat to our being overwhelmed with the needs around us we need to understand that that that, that Jesus is capable of overcoming all these things. Jesus is the one, remember, Jesus is the one that the crowds are following him because he performed miracles. And here in this story, he's just performed another one. He's taken a few loaves and a few fish and he's fed 4,000 people with them. He, he, I need you to understand, the disciples did not bring extra resource to the moment. 
they brought the resources they had that were limited and not enough to Jesus. And Jesus prays for them, and then he begins to multiply them. Listen, Jesus is not asking you to have the capacity, the ability, the resources, the people. He's not asking you to have all of that in the beginning. He's asking you to be willing. If you are available, he will make you capable. God, God does these things. God, God takes the small amount we put out there, the small amount we can provide, and he begins to multiply them. And when we realize this, we come to a place of peace because we come to realize that Jesus is not only greater than the miracles he performs, Jesus is still yet greater than the stress I face. Jesus is greater than the stresses I face in this life. And, and that's important because, look, the st- can, let, me, let me be just, let me be totally honest. Let me, let me just be brutal about this. The stresses are not going away. The needs are not going to go away. Jesus even says to his disciples, the poor you will always have with you. That problem is never going to be fully solved. And yet in the midst of all those stresses, Jesus always comes through. If we can have the peace in the middle of a storm, that our Savior, our Jesus, the Jesus we follow, who is the God, the creator God of the universe, who can work miracles, if in the middle of a storm, in the middle of stress, in the middle of having more need than we have resource to fill, in the middle of that, if we can realize that we follow a God who is greater than whatever is stressing us in this moment, we can find peace. The Bible uses the phrase, a peace that passes all understanding. In other words, I can find a peace that everybody else looks at me and says, how in the world can you be calm right now? In fact, uh, Tina's dad used to have this saying, if you're able to be calm in this moment, you don't fully grasp the intensity of the situation. Okay, that's kind of a frightening phrase because if we really grasp the situation, we start to, the, the intensity, the stress, we begin to be overwhelmed. All of this starts to happen and, and there's, sh- but if we realize that Jesus can see us through, then we can look at it. The stress doesn't change. The needs don't change. My perspective on them changes because Jesus is there, because I know he will see us through. I need to understand that I can't be overwhelmed by what I, what I, what I can't see because Jesus is greater than the stresses. When I have this relationship, I don't have to follow him because of the crowds, and I don't have to be overwhelmed by the crowds. But watch. As we continue to read, chapter 8, verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. This is after Jesus gets on the boat. Basically, they if I put this in modern parlance, they, they, they left the cooler back home. So they don't, they don't have their sandwiches. So the disciples had forgotten to bring bread. It's not sandwiches. There's not a cooler. Y'all are staying with me, right? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just putting this in modern terms. So when they got into the boat, be careful, Jesus warned them. Now, Jesus, pause. They're thinking one thing, and Jesus is going to talk about something else. But they're going to hear the something else in the light of what they are thinking. Watch this happen. They forgot to bring bread. Then Jesus says, be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we, we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, well, no, no, wait, wait, you understand, right? They've forgotten the bread. They feel bad about forgetting bread. Stay with me. They feel guilty about forgetting to bring the bread. 
Jesus is talking to them about the yeast of the Pharisees. Now, now here's what I need you to understand. In, in, in first century biblical communication, when, when, when a teacher, a rabbi like Jesus would use the word yeast, often the yeast represented sin. Because just like yeast, you throw a little bit of yeast into, into a batch of dough and it, it permeates the dough and causes the dough to expand. That little bit of yeast changes the very complexity and nature of all of the dough and it rises and it changes. It, it shifts everything. Well, sin does that in our lives. And so often rabbis would use yeast to, to be an analogy for sin, to be an analogy for don't let this thinking, this bad thinking, this sinful thinking, this wrong thinking, this hurtful thinking enter into your mind. That's what Jesus is saying. But they're going to hear it. Oh, he said yeast. There's yeast in bread. He's mad because we forgot to bring bread. You see what they just did? They're not even tracking what, what Jesus said. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? He, he's, he's like, what? You're, you're talking, I'm talking about the sin of the Pharisees, and you're worried about a loaf of bread? Why are you talking about bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the five, for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. He said to them, do you all not understand? Do you still not understand? In other words, he's saying, you're worried that you didn't bring bread. Time out. Did you not just see me make bread? Did you not just see that I can handle you not having bread? It's not, why are you worried about bread? I got bread. I got that. Like, let, me, let me modernize it. Let me bring it up to where we are. When we lack resource, because that's what was missing when we were missing bread back in the last story where he fed the 4,000, they were missing the resource to feed people. Bread was the resource they wanted. Now they've forgotten bread and they're afraid Jesus is mad because they didn't bring bread. Why? Because he thinks he's going to be hungry and not be able to make bread. He can make bread. He, they've already seen that. When you lack the resources to accomplish something, you must understand that Jesus always has the resources to get that done. I have to learn to use what God has given me in his service, then he will resource it in his way, in his time with what he has, and he will multiply what I put into it because that's what Jesus does. Therefore, I don't fall into the stress, but then I've got to be careful. Because the disciples, having watched Jesus make bread for 4,000 out of just a few loaves, the disciples suddenly are worried because they don't have enough bread on their own boat. They suddenly think that they're in trouble because they didn't provide the resource. They forgot that Jesus provided the resource. See, here's the thing. What I've got to do is I've got to never forget where it all comes from. It all comes from him. Jesus provides the strength, the energy, the words, the money, the bread, the food, the space, the housing. Jesus provides it all. I, I just have to trust him. Now, 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 everybody pause. That doesn't mean I don't bring anything to the table. The disciples brought to the table what they had. 
Jesus multiplied it. I got to bring forward what I had. I got, I've got to put in the effort. I've got to put in the time. I've got to put in whatever resource I have, but then I can trust him to multiply it. And if I suddenly feel like I'm the one that has to provide it, now I'm back to the stress. Now I think, watch, now I think the results are dependent on me. But here's the problem. They're never dependent on me. The results are dependent not on me, but on the Holy Spirit, on Jesus, on God. So I can't forget where it all comes from because Jesus is greater than the results. Now I want you to see something. The relationship is what matters. The relationship is greater than the crowds. The relationship is greater than the miracles. The relationship is greater than the stress. And the relationship is greater than the results. That's why this is so different and why it's so powerful. You see, even when I'm not getting results, I still have the relationship. Even when the crowd is gone, I still have the relationship. Even if I don't see miracles, I still have the relationship. Even in the middle of the stress, which is going to come, I have the relationship. The relationship helps me overcome the stress. The relationship helps me see the miracles. The relationship helps me not need the crowds. The relationship helps me to know that the results are not my responsibility, they're his. You see, when I'm calling you to a simple gospel, a simple good news about Jesus, and I'm asking you to receive him or I'm asking you to share him with other people, I'm doing it because it gives you a relationship with the God who can provide the miracles, with the God who can overcome the stress, with the God who can take care of and take responsibility for the results. You see, Jesus is more. I, I, I need us to understand. A lot of people think they know everything they need to know about Jesus, but they just don't. All they see when they see Jesus is this nice, kind, forgiving, soft kind of guy who sacrificed himself for everybody else. And all that's true. All that's true. But Jesus is also powerful. He's also, he's also providing. He's also protecting. He's also, he, he's, he has control over the wind and the waves. He has control over death and hell. He has control over sin and forgiveness. Jesus, when I have a relationship with him, there's nothing in this world that can throw me off balance if I can stay focused on him. See, it's why this relationship matters. Every area of your life will be made stronger. Every area of your life will be made deeper. And every area of your life will be made more secure by a relationship with Jesus. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would speak clearly into our hearts and minds. Lord, some have never actually begun a relationship with Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us today to do that. If, that, if, if that's you today, I want you to hear me. It's a simple prayer. It's just the ABCs. Admit that I need God. I need forgiveness. Believe that Jesus can and will forgive me. And commit my life to follow him from today forward, forgetting what is behind and striving toward what is ahead. If you can pray those three simple things, you can start this relationship today. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you draw people to begin a relationship with you today. I ask Holy Spirit for some that we have 
simply forgotten that you are the source of our strength and you can overcome it. You're greater than our stress. You're greater than the miracles and you're greater than the results. Remind us, Lord, to lean on you because you are the answer to our concerns. Jesus, in the end, be so real to every one of us that we always know that we can find peace and we can find strength no matter what the world throws at us because you're the one that provides and we'll give you praise. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.